Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Oh, good morning. You can leave that up behind me if you like, Karen. Uh, the previous slide. Thanks. How are you? All right at the back. Has everybody noticed that Terry's the first with the Christmas jumper on? <laughs> I'm not sure what that's about, but anyway, love him anyway and forgive him. And <laughs> I think it's good to have that up behind me. Not that we want to focus all of our attention on that, but it's important that we remember the days. These are days of memories that we're in right now and some of those might be for good reasons and some of them might be for less good reasons. I was at the privilege of being at a, a United Reformed Church yesterday, actually two, historically two churches, one in a place called um, Hemel Hempstead, which you may or may not know. It's famous for having a roundabout that is odd because there's eight roundabouts and you can go around them in either direction. So you've got one in the middle, and then there's seven around the outside of it. You can either turn right at those or turn left at those. I know it's, um, it freaks you out when you look at the sign. It's like, what? It looks like a spaceship. Um, anyway, the Lord was with me. Thank the Lord. Um, but that was a, a time to uh, put into position a senior leader in the URC church. It's the third biggest one in the UK. It's probably got couple of hundred turning up there that already know Jesus and they'll be remembering today as well and yes they'll be remembering the day because of the sacrifice that people have already given but also those that across the world serve and they don't even know who you are they discipline their lives and they don't even have a clue what your address is they are prepared to put their lives in harm's way even though they don't ever know you and probably never will and it's great and it's right that we celebrate that and remember that. And, it, and thanks for Andrew for leading us through that. But there's one person that I do want us to remember and his name is Jesus. And I don't know how well you know him, but I do know how well he knows you. I don't know what your relationship or remembrance of him is, but I do know that he remembers you. And I just love on occasions like this where there's always a time to reflect. My, my dad was in the armed forces at 17. He signed up in 1939 in the RAF on his 17th birthday. He left his farm. He left his safety, security. It was one of those, I think, preserved occupations. But he made a decision to join his mates and go and serve. Bless him. Uh, he moved from uh, driving a tractor to building one of the first ever radar sites in the world. Nobody had it. Uh, he moved from moving bales of hay across the field, or whatever they did, and drinking cider, I have no doubt, to being involved in D-Day in Arnhem, which for those of you that know your history, quite significant. Uh, he decided to do something that might not just be for him. Actually, he met my mum during that, so that's not bad. That's pretty cool. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Some of you might be thinking, well, that's good. Some of you might be thinking, not that's good. My mum worked at Pletchley Park. You might have heard of that. Hmm. 
And they met, I don't know, it doesn't matter how they met. The point is, is that everybody, I believe, has an opportunity to make a day to remember. And today's your day. Today's your day. Uh, Jesus had took a day to do something across time and space and history that when we remember what he's done, it changes our days. But yesterday at this celebration, this kind of, it's called a, um, an induction service, it was, it was very different from what I'm used to. But the core of it was, we, we thank Jesus for your sacrifice, his own, and we thank Jesus that you call others to sacrifice on your behalf, but not for them. Does that, does that make some sense? And, and as we kind of laid hands on Paul and prayed for him, just the Prince of the Lord was there and the Mayor was there and other you know, well-known people and whatever. But the, but the point was, is we were remembering that Jesus uses people today to do stuff. And, and as we look at Romans in a, in a moment, and for those of you that don't know, we've been looking at the book of Romans, which on the face of it is only 16 chapters. But we've almost been doing it for 16 months. It feels like it. Because the, the whole book of Romans is pivotal to you and I getting some core values about God's heart and God's head about God's incredible love and passion for his own people, the Jewish people, about his heart and love for people, how God set up a plan to bring Jew and Gentile into the knowledge of Jesus so that they're not remembering someone who actually a lot of people want to forget. I mean, they're not remembering maybe a, a name that people use as a swear word, and I can remember doing that, but they're remembering a saviour and they're remembering a redeemer and they're remembering a restorer. And uh, we've been kind of travelling through that over the last few weeks. Uh, how many of you got time to see the message from last Sunday? Our youth pastor called Dave Hellier. He was talking about the difference between being a, a flotilla. And he explained a flotilla. Do you, know, do you know what a flotilla is? Anybody not know? It's all right if you don't. Flotilla is, is basically a group, uh, two or more ships, boats, large ships, small ships, um, all kinds of ships. And they're all launching out into a particular destination. They, it's kind of been agreed. It's kind of known. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of ship it is. Some of them are big sailboats. Some of them are speedboats. Some of them are rowing boats, whatever. Some of them have got little crews on it. Some of them have got huge crews on it. Um, but what makes the difference between a flotilla and a floating, just floating around and having fun, are some of the key words that Dave came out with, like relationship with each other. Do we know where we're going? Are we here to help each other get there? Uh, how are we sorting out um, the people that want to sail slow and those that want to go fast? For me, I just want to go fast. Woo, just get a jet ski with the biggest engine in it and turn it up and go. Uh, but there's consequences to that. If you see them down at the coast, you'll see that they create a lot of waves, a lot of bow waves come out of that, um, which is why they're not allowed near the coast because they just generate stuff. But man, if you want to go somewhere quickly, get a jet ski, Fred. Get a jet ski, okay? Big one. Take your wife on the back. She'll love it. If you want to be a little bit more sedate, you need a square rigger. Get something that's, that just captures the wind. But the whole point about being a flotilla is a little bit like this morning. 
uh, and the guys out um, with the young people, is there's all kinds of people in this room and we're dealing with bobbing around in the world. Particularly at the moment where, you know, even this morning I was reading about uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer is coming out with a whole new budget next week. Well, the budget two weeks ago took £40 billion off this nation's economy. £40 billion. Man, that's even more than you earn, Terry. That's even more than your pension pot, right? £40 billion in a week got taken off the economy of this nation. How many of you still love your government, though? Come on now, because we're going to be talking about that in a minute. That with... Um, you know, should people be going to the um, environmental uh, meeting, which I think is almost ended, hasn't it? COP20. Some people should, some people shouldn't. But how many of you uh, really love those that went but despise those who didn't go? I mean, I have no idea. The World Cup football starts in a week's time where in that nation, if you're gay, you get executed. But how many of you are going to pray for that government? Oh, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a bit of an ouch this morning because Romans 13, which is where we're going to, if you, if you, I don't, we're not going to have time to put it on the screen, but Romans 13, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 is, is I hate this word because it says everyone. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says everyone. How many of you know that everyone means everyone? There's no exclusions, there's no get-out-of-jail-free cards, there's no, well, that means everyone apart from me. It doesn't. God's heart and God's communication is everyone. So what I think God wants to challenge in your heart and my heart is how do I become part of the everyone? Is that all right? It's a shame if it's not, because this is what we're going to do today. <laughs> and I've got the microphone. Is that all right? So it's cool. Everyone, it says in chapter in verse 1, must submit himself to the governing authorities. I don't know about you, but I always had an issue with that in these, in these different ways. What that really means in essence, in practice, is whoever's in charge, we need to have a right attitude towards them. Oh, well done. Whoever is in charge, whoever is responsible, we need to have a responsible attitude towards them. Whether that's in the workplace, in the nation place, in the school place, or even here. There is an authority that God expects us to have an attitude towards. But how many of you know that God always deals with our heart before he deals with our head? That's why the Bible in the Old Testament, God makes this incredible promise to you and to me, is that when we give our lives to him, when we give all to him, whether we're floating around or whether we know where we're going or we know what we're doing or whether life is just trying to overwhelm us, when we make the decision to give our life to Jesus, he takes out our heart and gives us his. The Bible says he takes away this heart of stone. It's a bit like that. Hello, is there anybody in? No, it's rock hard. It's hard to change it, shape it, influence it. And God takes that away and gives us one of flesh or sensitivity. And whenever you read Romans, if you read Romans chapter 13, I don't know about you, but when I first started to read it, when I was kind of an early Christian, it used to challenge my heart. It says, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority that for, other than that which God has established. So here's, here's the first take home. 
All right, don't be political, be godly. Forget the colour of the current government, whether that's national, local, wherever it is. It doesn't say anything about that. What it says is, we need to pray for these people. Because it's my conclusion that we have the government in this country that we believe God for. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, whether we like their behaviour or not. I mean, we've got one person who currently, and you'll know who it is, they were earning £120,000 a year minimum, is now on the telly, eating bugs, earning £400,000 for the joy of it. Now, whatever your view is on that, you need to park it and submit that view. Lord, just reveal yourself to this guy. We had the shortest prime minister we've ever had, 44 days. And some of you that are a bit too blokey might be thinking it's because it was a woman. And if you're thinking it, don't say it. But if you're thinking it, God needs to do something. Because, man, what a time to be Prime Minister. Everything's going down the pan. Everything's going funny. But the point is, is that as a Christian, if you know the Lord, you're plugged in to the one who gives authority. I believe that as we kind of journey through Romans 13 a little bit, God's going to encourage you and me that, well, come on, let's pray for these people. Let's pray for our local members of parliament. Let's pray for our local councillors. Because God's going to use you and me to bring kingdom things into their lives. It's going to be use you and I to bring different attitudes into how they do things. Kind of another kind of a backup story of this. For many of you, you'll know you've been on the journey. You know, our property, we call it Roffy Place. It's still called Roffy Place. It's a big site. It's a big venue. It's, 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 it's worth a lot to God. It was given as a legacy. Uh, you'll know the story of, you know, as a, it was given, there was a gift of a million dollars given just when it needed to be given. And the thing was bought outright. Uh, next week, we have 20 of the senior pup, uh, steering group of Horsham District Council going out there to paint the walls. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's kind of interesting. So right from the, he the head of Horsham District Council, right through the executives, all of them are going to go and help paint the walls. Why? Because someone's shown them or communicating to them, this, this has value. Because it's part of a heritage, because it was given to see lives transformed. Well, the organisation that own it now, well, they, own it, they rent it now, Turning Tides, their vision statement is to see lives transformed. So as we've been praying and praying and praying, God has been it's operating with authorities. He's been positioning people who don't know God yet to come and further God's purpose and God's plan. Does that, does that make sense to you? And I'm quite excited by that, and it's also true for here, in Worthing, this authority. In your workplace, your attitude towards your boss. Man, we control that because it's the attitude of our own heart. But what I've learned through Romans 13 particularly, is that if I've got an issue with those that are in charge of me, I've got an issue with me, not with them. The issue with them just highlights the issue with me. I said it's an interesting one. In the same kind of way, if, you know, if people keep putting up energy bills and all this kind of stuff, you're getting it all out there. You, there's a, a thousand different ways of saving money. And if we're not careful, it can snag our heart. 
And we can think we've got to earn something to get something. Whereas God says, no, believe me, trust me, pray, pray. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to be your provision. I'm going to be your supply. Does that, does that make some sense to you? Because I've learned it experientially, and I know many of you are people of prayer. The, the other uh, evening when we, we came up here, and you know, there's a whole load of confusion. We're supposed to be in here. Nobody, <coughs> no, nobody told us that we can't be. But we turned up, and in that moment, I just said, Lord, I bless the people that make those decisions here. I don't get it. It kind of felt wrong somehow. But Lord, I bless them because they're in authority. Do you understand that? And in that moment, something was released. And then 14 or 15 people, all palmed out of Sophie's house, well done, Sophie. And had a, had a really powerful time in God, which is brilliant. But on the journey between there and there, it's like, okay, these authorities, they're in charge. The decision makers, I believe prayerfully we can influence the decision makers. And I believe we should. And this is really is what Paul is trying to drill down to is when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean you're in charge. It doesn't mean that you're, all, that you're right all the time either. And as we were hearing at the prayer meeting this, this earlier, it's only God that's right. And if you like, when we become a Christian, when you gave your life to Jesus, we lose the right to be right. But it's all right. Not to be right. When your heart is connected to the one that is. So here's a practical thing. If, if you have stuff go on off inside of you when, when you see your boss. The issue doesn't start with your boss. It starts with who's the boss of your heart. When you have an issue with you know, what's going on in America, it's like it's chaos out there. It's like, oh God, what's going on? Let's come on, let's pray for that government. Let's pray for that constitution. Let's not give free advice. And let me tell you, in our media world, you can have a thousand people on this side that said it should be like that. You can have a thousand and one saying it should be like that. Forget both of them. Ignore them both. Can I just give you a bit of wisdom there? Guard your heart. Because it's the wellspring of life. And free advice, you're right at the back. Free advice is free advice. But what this advice is good. Submit to those in authority. The rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong, it says in verse 3. Do you want to be free from fear? Do you want to be free from fear? Yeah, yeah then trust in the Lord. Because faith in God deals with fear of heart. Faith in God deals with fear in our mind. You know, with us, we had a smart meter put in our house about two, three weeks. No, it was in October. It's not that smart. It doesn't talk, doesn't cake, bake, doesn't tell you stories, doesn't do tricks. It's not that smart. It should just be called a meter. But it's not my God. And I started to go around saying, I'll switch that off. The meter's gone red. Turn that off. It's go and then the Lord said to me, why are you doing that? The only difference between the day before and the day after is now I can see what I'm doing. It's a little bit like when you're driving down the road, you've got your, your, your new Merc, like Richard's got a lovely car. God's blessed him with an amazing car, right? I love it. I'm not coveting it because I've got one as well, but I love it, right? Here's the thing. You're driving down the road at 31 miles an hour 
and you come past a sign that says 30, what goes off in your heart will determine how submitted you are to authority. I have this philosophy, <coughs> and I must admit, there's still a little bit of in, in me that God is dealing with, is that I, I used to believe that angels were riveted onto the bonnet of my car. <laughs> and I only came off at about 90. And then you know, their skin was like that. But God began to challenge my heart and say, come on, how, how, how can God use my confession of faith? How can God use my language if in my heart I've got an issue with authority? I didn't think it was an issue. I always thought speed limits was an opinion. Too much it- Italian in me. It's like going past it. It's like, no, it's just an opinion. No, it's not. It shows me the opinion of my own heart. Goes on down here is um, verse 6. This is also why I should pay taxes. Hello. Well, I've got good news for you. If you're a taxpayer, you're about to pay more. Is that good news? Andrew's chuckling, all right? You're about to, you're about to pay more. I, I don't know whether your joy barometer two weeks ago was up here when somebody announced everybody's going to get a pay cut. Maybe it was. It was like, woohoo, now I can delight in the Lord. Well, I've got news for you. You still can. Come on, because it's got nothing to do with your tax band. It's got everything to do with the one who paid your sin tax for you. Come on now. It's got nothing to do with whether your, your tax code gets changed because you're married. or It's got nothing to do with that. It's because Jesus broke the code that was set against destroying our lives. He broke it, dealt with it sorted it and put himself in there instead. So I've got good news for you. I'm not prophesying gloom and doom. I just, I'm aware. Next week, pray for the guys that given out the, the budget because I tell you, it's, it's going to shock some people's worlds. But it shouldn't shock yours if Jesus already has. That's what this is talking about. You didn't receive Jesus through rules and regulations. He came to break that. Come on. He came to set us free from rules and regulations for the glory of God. So I believe the first part of this, from kind of verse 1 down to verse 6 or 7, it's all about our heart, but this is about our hands. We should give what is due to those that need it. Oh, but I don't do that. Well, you need to let God deal with you this morning then, my friend. Because it's not about how much money you have or haven't got. It's about how generous we are. It's a heart thing. It's not a hand thing. Glory to God. I knew this was going to be a good morning. And the reason for that is verse 8. I love verse 8. Verse 1 says everyone. Verse 8 says Let. It means we need to let it go, let it go. Let no debt remain outstanding. Do you know what an outstanding debt is? Of course you do, we've all had them. You kind of know it needs to be done, but you haven't got the means to do it at the time. And then you leave it a bit and think, right, I'll put it on the list. It'll be the top two, the top three, and then you do the other ones instead and it gets bumped down. And if you know what I'm talking about. You kind of, okay, you look, you look down. I mean, at the moment, I'm... With some people that literally are working out, can I afford to live in the morning? 
And not budgeting a month in advance. It's a, it's a day in advance. Do I have to spend all day with my bus pass sitting on the bus because I can't afford to heat my home? Come on. Which is one of the reasons why we've opened up the building in Horsham. Just come here and use our heat. We don't care. Because we're going to trust in the Lord to pray our heat people. Come and have a coffee. It's free. What? It's free. Why? Well, because we're believers and we want to love you. Do you understand that? So it might be that in this, in this time of challenge, one of the ways in which God is going to test your heart, test in quotes, is he's going to make you more generous with what you've got. He's going to stretch your resources. He's going to take your picnic lunch and put a crowd's satisfaction around it. Well, I've only got this. Well, that's not what this says. It says, let, only, let no debt remain outstanding except the debt to love one another. I, can I just suggest, jury, today, that the biggest debt that we need to look at sorting out first is to love one another. And it doesn't say who the other is. So in the same way as chapter, uh, verse 1 says, everyone is very inclusive. This just says love one another. This is more than just loving the people around your table. Of course it means that. It means more than loving the people around the table behind you. Of course it means that. It means more than loving the people that are playing football out there instead of being here. It means more than that. But here's the thing with it. Here's, here's the budget from God. When God says love one another, he doesn't mean with words. He says don't love one another with words, but love with deeds. Oh, hello there. So can I just draw this to a close here in a minute. Chapter 13 here, I believe personally, is one of the greatest mobilising scriptures to make the church arise and love people with their hands and their feet and their bank balance and their homes and their cups of tea and their conversations more than pretty much any other chapter in Romans. Because it's, it's totally inclusive. Everyone. Anyone. Come on. Last week, I mean, it was mentioned already, and I, I, can't, I can't encourage people enough to get involved with church in the home. Because it's brilliant. It's awesome. It's family. It's fun. There's people coming into your own world. And let, let me tell you, if, you're a house, if you've got a house, then you're qualified to be at a house one. Even if you live in a tent, I don't care. Because God wants to challenge something in our heart because the days are coming and the months are coming where people can come to you for resource. They're going to come to you for comfort. They're going to come to you for assurance. They're going to come to you just to chat. <laughs> because you are the greatest resource that God has at this time. Whether you live in a mansion or whether you live in a shed, you're the resource. When you begin to put these things into practice, it's like, Lord, I'm going to pray for those in authority. I'm going to pray for my boss who, who winds me up and annoys me. Because as I do that, it does something in here. Maybe you're the boss that annoys them. In which case, still pray. <laughs> I'm going to pray for those in the church. Because they just wind you up. Maybe, that, maybe you're praying for me right now. Thank you. Sharon is, bless her. But thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Because what I've learned and what God wants us to be free in 
is you'll only pray for the people or the situations that you have a heart for. If we just respond with our head, when it's out of our mouth, we've forgotten it. When we begin to pray from the heart, you'll never forget it. It's always a remembrance. Which kind of brings us back to the beginning. You see, I don't know how many of you saw the um, remembrance service last night on the telly. I, I, I can remember watching that of my mum and dad. And they used to well up and cry because you know, they lost friends and loved ones and, and what have you. And when I used to say to my dad, why, why did you do some of that crazy stuff? He said, because my friends did. He, he had no idea whether he was in Scotland, which he was, or in Holland, which he was for a while, or whether he was piling on the beach in northern... He didn't have a clue where he was. He was there because his mates were there. Because they're there, he's there. My mum, it was a bit different because she was, you know, doing stuff which she didn't even know what was going on in the, in the, in the shed next door, to be honest. But the point is that they did it, not just, not for a cause, but because their friends were there. Didn't Jesus say that before we were Christians, we were enemies of God, but now by the grace he's made us friends? I mean, that's incredible when you think of that. And as uh, we were reminded earlier when Andrew led us through that section, it's f friendship lays down life, it surrenders. It, isn't, it doesn't mind losing the argument. It doesn't mind not being right. It doesn't mind not having enough. But they still lay down their lives. So here's the answer. Do you want to know what the answer is to do this? Nobody does. I won't tell you them. Anybody want to know the answer? Verse 14. Clothe yourselves... With, uh, so it says rather, or instead of, or as an alternative. Rather, clothe yourselves. Who, who clothes who? We clothe ourselves, right? With the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify. So here, here's this thing. Within our humanity, we want certain things. But within God's humanity, he wants the opposite. Every day, every morning, even in a moment, we're going to spend a few minutes doing this, put on Christ. And I do this quite often. I just say, Lord, I just put you one over my mind. Help me take every thought captive. Help me to be a positive thinker. Help me to be a kingdom-minded person. Why can we do that? Interesting, I mean, Caroline didn't know this, but the scripture that I had kind of from this morning was, you are, not you were or you will be, but you are. And you are what? <clears throat> you are a chosen person. First choice. You're not second choice. Alternate choice. Forget-me-not choice. Hidden choice. I suppose I better choose you choice. You were a royal choice. You were a first choice. You were the top door choice. You were the gold medal choice. Not an also-ran choice. You are chosen. And people talks about, I'm not a floaty-boaty. 
I'm part of a flotilla. Uh, you know, we've got some visitors here from what I mean, Stephen. Get to know Stephen a little bit before he goes with his parents. Because I remember Stephen, what was it, 20 years ago nearly? Anyway, a while ago, he came at the Bible school and spent a, lot, a bit of time with me. And I spent a bit of time with him digging a hole. Big hole. It was uh, 12 foot across and it was four foot deep. Big hole. To fit a tra trampoline in. And then because he was so good at it, I got him to dig another hole. And you did. And I had a little pond in it with my boat in it. So you think it's funny? I think it's funny. <laughs> but I found out a lot about him and I found out a lot about me from watching him. Well, that's how we learn from each other. But he's a royal person. It says a royal priesthood and a holy nation of people belonging to God. That's who God says you are. That's how God remembers you. That's how God remembers me, thank God. He remembers me as chosen, not frozen. He remembers me as part of a flotilla, not floating around, bobbing about. He remembers that actually, by the grace of God, I have a royal presence. Not that I've earned, it's not my heritage, it's my inheritance. That I'm part of something bigger than me, and so are you if you know the Lord this morning. That also I'm holy, I'm set apart from and for. It's cool, isn't it? Let's all stand up, shall we? It's 27 minutes past. If you can stand up, join me. If you can't, it's fine. <coughs> God, still oh, excuse me. God still loves you when he's sitting down. You've been pretty good with these scriptures. Who was that? Was that Andrea? That was Kai. Is it teamwork? It's great when they married each other because when they get it wrong, they can fall out when they get home. It's great. And when they get it right, they can comfort each other. When they get home as well, that's amazing. Just close your eyes a minute. It does all go dark, but we're not afraid of the dark. But here's the thing, right? Well, I don't know what's going on inside of you, but what I know is, is that we get that there's authorities around. And sometimes we have it. Sometimes we've experienced it, good, bad and ugly. And, you know, this is not about all authority operates properly. It's not about that. It's about how do I submit to it? And that's always the issue, isn't it? Authority is only half our battle. <coughs> how we submit to it is the other one. And what this is talking about is, no, it's the heart. It's the heart. So why don't you just do a quick like 10, 15 second check. What's my heart like about what I'm hearing? What's going off on the inside of me? Because, Lord, help me. Test my heart. I want to make sure it's, it's right. It's kind of pure. It's not negative. It's not standoffish. But, Lord, I have a right heart attitude towards authority. It says, clothe yourselves. And this is clothing our hearts with what the Bible would call humility, if you like. But also, what do we think about those in authority? And this is where we need to clothe our minds. It's like, I'm going to think pure, noble, positive things about those in authority. And Lord, help me to do that. But also about one another, people around you. You know, we all kind of click with some people and we don't click with others. And it's like, no, I want to be able to click with anybody. I had a really lovely conversation with someone that, that owns a business uh, near, near um, the building up at Foundry Lane and had a good chat with them, about 10, 15 minutes, talking about what we're doing and you know, kind of expressing how God loves them, but without saying that, 
I said, why don't you come across for a coffee? So after about 10 minutes, and he said, well, I can't. I said, why is that? Our coffee's really nice. He said, no, I can't, because I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And I said, so am I. Which then led to another conversation, which I always like those. Because I've learned that the authority that that gentleman has submitted to was a bit mixed up. But I'm still going to submit to him because it's his shop. <laughs> so I'm not going to come down heavy and say, Lord, you need to direct this conversation now. I'll yield my heart to you in these next few minutes. That's a, that's a practical outworking of submitting to those in authority. It's his shop. It's not my shop. I'm the guest. Father, I thank you that by your spirit right now. You do a little bit of a heart check on us all, a mind check on us all, that we will clothe ourselves with Christ. We're going to put on humility, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're going to put on your grace, your wisdom today. We're going to look out on life clothed in Jesus, in our thinking, in our attitudes, in our language. Lord, even as we, as we close and go and have a coffee and a chat in a moment, we're going to see each other differently because we'll see each other as royal, priesthood, holy nation, a chosen people, a people belonging to God. And so in some way we belong to each other. Father, I want to thank you that we can clothe you, put, put you on every day. So teach us your way, O oh Lord, that we might know you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.